Welcome, Peter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to a Monday edition of the Peter Report podcast. Boy, we've got some sad news to talk about today. An unexpected retirement of Pro Bowl left guard Ali Marpet after seven awesome years in Tampa Bay has sent some shockwaves through the Bucks fan base through the media that covers this team and also kind of through the front office and coaching staff as well. Although they were given a heads up by Marpet that he was contemplating retirement this offseason. So wasn't a complete shock to the Buccaneers themselves yesterday, but it was to myself and to Peter Report's J.C. Allen, who's joining me today on the Peter Report podcast to talk about this move and what it means, how Ali Marpet's retirement could change everything in Tampa Bay this offseason. J.C., how are you doing today? I'm doing great, but yeah, you want to talk about shocked. Uh, you know, I was in the... I was, my daughter turned four on on Monday, so this weekend we took her to Wikiwaki Springs. She loves mermaids, so we're in the middle of this mermaid show, and all of a sudden the texts just blow up, blow up, and they're doing this rendition of uh, the Little Mermaid. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, uh, I'm I'm looking, I'm tweeting, I'm looking. Ursula comes out of nowhere and scares the crap out of me. I almost dropped my phone, and I'm like, to make matters worse. But I mean, yeah, talk about blindsided. Uh, you know, you're already having to potentially replace two of your interior offensive linemen in yeah. Jensen Kappa, and now to have this bomb drop. And I mean, you know, uh, very happy for Marpet. He, he's had a great, you know, yeah. run with the Buccaneers. Very underrated player. Finally got his due. Got a ring. So yeah. you know, I get it. You know, growing concerns of CD, CTE, and you know, he's he's banging helmets in the trenches. Yes. You know, and he's had some injuries. He's had some concussion injuries the past two years as well. So, you know, I I, I don't blame him. I don't, you know, I'm not upset at him. It just, it's talk about a blow. You got, you know, Brady, you've got Marpet now. You might have Gronkowski, probably. You might have Sue, probably. And then Carmen, as Joey just mentioned, Carmen leaves the Bucks organization too. So when it rains, it pours on you. And yeah, Marpet's the latest one to uh, make you open an umbrella. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, it's it's a, a shocking offseason to the Buccaneers and their fan base so far, right? It has not been filled with good news at all, right? So hopefully free agency can start followed by the draft and some good news can start pouring in because right now it's it's not been a bunch of good news, right? And, and, and I think it's safe to say that that Super Bowl window opened and closed pretty quickly. The good news for the Buccaneers is they did get a Super Bowl ring. Um, sometimes you got to kind of shoot your shot and, and make sure it counts. I remember back in 2002, JC, when actually 2001, when the Glaciers were, were contemplating firing Tony Dungy and, and replacing him with Bill Parcells. Oh. And Bill Parcells sent his cap guy from the Jets, Mike Tannenbaum, down to Tampa Bay to look at the salary cap. This is before everything was all digitized and you had the internet, you know, humming and, you could access this stuff. So I guess he went down and looked at some of the contracts. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> it looked at some of the contracts and, you know, and w- went to Parcells and said, listen, <laughs> the Super Bowl window in Tampa Bay right now with some of these contracts, uh, because the Buccaneers had a ton of players. I mean, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Mike Allstott, Simeon Rice, Brad Johnson, you know, yeah. are all of these guys in their prime and, and being well paid. And he looked at Parcells and he's like, you better win a Super Bowl your first year because it's going to be closed by 2003. 
Like that's that's how how short the the window was because really it had opened you know in 1998 you know kind of the Bucks kind of came on the scene won that playoff game in 97 and so out of out of that that playoff stretch really from if you want to say 97 fine 97 through 2003 was their window they won one Super Bowl and it happened to be John Gruden's first year in Tampa in 2002 so Mike Tannenbaum was right. He's like, you know, you better, you basically better win right now because the window is going to open close. And I think that that with with some of these contracts and bringing Brady to Tampa Bay and only having him, you know, at age forty two when he came in and getting Rob, Rob Gronkowski out of, out of retirement and Dominic Sue, you know, in his thirties, you know, it, it was it was a, a quick window. But they got the Super Bowl, and a lot of teams don't get it. You know, yeah. their windows open and closed and, and they just don't get a ring. So thankfully yeah. the Buccaneers did. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at this Buccaneers team before Brady came in, they're in a really good position pretty much cap wise. Yeah. They didn't have any future contracts kicked down the can, kicked down the line. And, you know, you see that now I, I see fans everywhere. Oh, you know, we sold our soul. We saints ourselves for, you know, for the opportunity. That's what you do. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> you got it. And it paid off and you won yeah. that Super Bowl. And then, you know, you're, potentially a all covers uh, uh all out blitz you know right away from maybe going back to another one so it at that point it, it becomes worth it now obviously they're dealing with some ramifications now you have uh brady's contract which we've got some good news on it, yeah. it appears that that's gonna right. kind of equal out that prorated bonus he was supposed to get and the money he was supposed to pay back it's gonna be a wash so yeah. it looks like it's only gonna cost the bucks eight million on the cap this year nine million next year and they'll be done with that contract which right. is a far cry from 32 million in one season so no doubt you know it, it's big there but now you're gonna have you know ali marpet's prorated um once he's placed on retirement come back but it still opens a little bit cap space this team i think is still in a position i don't wouldn't say super bowl but they're still in a very strong position to compete. And Scott, you mentioned it over and over again, that this division, even with a guy like Blaine Gabbert, even with a guy like Kyle Trask, Mm -hmm. you know, there's still potential to win this division and host a home playoff game. So I think you maybe see a trend of what happened in that 2001 era when they didn't, Brad Johnson, you know, great trick shot artist, you know, great guy, but you know, not not an amazing quarterback by any means, but have a really solid defense in place. And maybe that's the route you go is to bolster this defense, add to this defense. It's going to be a little harder now because now you've got another guy on the offensive line to replace and you've got to spend some money there as well. Uh, Brad Spielberger, one of, one of the friends of of this show and and of us here at Peter Report, uh, really a tremendous cap guy, you know, and yeah, he said the other day on Twitter, on his Twitter account, uh, I don't want to pull it up, but I'm going to paraphrase the word out of Indy, right? As teams start to, to roll in there um, this weekend to prepare for the Indianapolis scouting combine, uh, John Ledyard and Matt Matera are going to be there representing Peter Report tomorrow. They're going to have coverage tomorrow of Bruce Arians and Jason Light. Boy, they're going to have a lot of questions to answer. Oh, yeah. JC, a lot of questions. So yeah. they're going to have live reaction right after that, plus some stories live from Indy. So make sure that you well, uh, stay tuned to our, our Peter Report podcast tomorrow. Got, I believe it's going to be 4 o'clock. Still going to be That's where we got the door number two answer last year, right? It was the Correct. compound. So, I mean, two maybe, years ago from Tom Brady. Yeah, about yeah, Tom Brady. yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll get some good juicy nuggets from it. But, yeah, I mean, so. you talk about uh, some, some questions about the future, the certainty mm-hmm. of this team, and you've been saying it all day in, in, in the chat and even in the description of the show, Scott, that it looks like, um, you know, it's going from uh, uh, 
you know, a restock or, a, you know, to maybe. Well, I mean, to use Bruce Arians' term, he said, you know, we're going to reload. Well, I, I think it's more of a reboot. If you don't want to use the term rebuild, that's fine. It's a reboot. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, kickstarting this thing over again. Uh, they still have a lot of pieces in place, JC. Yeah, There's still, maybe. what, five pro bowlers on this team still? And you've got some ascending young players as well. And I don't think this is going to impact Chris Godwin. He's going to be back. Carlton Davis, I expect, will get the, the franchise tag. He'll be back either or with the contract extension. They're going to have some pieces to be formidable. But but the, the thing is, is what, what uh, Spielberger said on his uh, Twitter account was the word he's getting from Indy, he's very plugged in to the agent community is and, and also some teams, is that none of these quarterbacks are going to be moving via trade, right? I mean, the, the Russell Wilson thing is not going to happen. I, he's going to stay in Seattle. There's no replacement there. They're certainly not going to trade him within the conference and help a conference team like the Buccaneers. Aaron Rodgers looks like it's either going to be staying with the Packers, retiring, maybe trade to Denver, but the, it would be that, right? Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson, from what I heard and wrote about in my SR's Fab Five column, uh, that is still a legal mess, and I do not believe that they are going to be pursuing Deshaun Watson. I'll just say that. Unless something radically changes, and not even really from, from a, a, a legal standpoint, but I just don't see them honing up the draft picks and getting a guy that has not just one incident, JC, but 22 incidents. This is a pattern. This is not a one-off thing that was poor judgment. This is disturbing. Go to Vegas, like the kitty cat club or whatever it's called. You're doing a massage <laughs> therapist. What are you doing? And not only that, now, like even to give up the draft capital, you know, now you've got even yeah. another, yet another hole to fill. Right, so exactly. Like, you can even afford it now at that point. No, yeah, you, know? you really can't be, because, and, and see, that's kind of how, again, our, our today's topic on the show is, is how my pet's retirement could change everything, because now this is another big hole to fill. And JC, you mentioned it. We, we've look, we're looking at, the center position, right? Everything that Peter Report has heard, and it may change a little bit with Marpet leaving, I don't think it will, is that Ryan Jensen will want to cash in on free agency, the, the latest number that the pro football focus projects. And they're really good with their cap projections in terms of salaries, $13 million a year. He's making 10 right now. He's 31. Uh, he'll be 32 later this year. And I just don't see the Buccaneers ponying up that much money for a – a center. Um, I, I think this maybe puts Alex Kappa back in play for the Buccaneers now that they have a little bit of room freed up with with Marpet. But the thing is, is this is not a ten million dollar man. This is you know Kappa is a good solid guard, but I don't see the Pro Bowl potential. I'm not sure that the team does either. So you don't want to overpay just just because you have a need doesn't mean you want to overpay for a position. Yeah, I mean he's not a world beater by any means. You know, he has steadily shown uh, improvement throughout his years. Yep. And, you know, I mean, he, he's a heck of a player. I'm not trying to take I away from Kappa. And I think, uh, you know, he's got – this is the problem too, right, with winning a Super Bowl is once you guys have these Super Bowls and, and Kappa's going into his first year, um, 
it's it's like the opposite end of the spectrum with, with spectrum with Jensen and Kappa. Kappa's first time in a free agency, he can go out there and get paid. Jensen's last time probably in free agency, mm-hmm. he can go out there and get paid. And you can't blame either of these guys to go out there and get sure. a big contract. But especially after- Jensen, right? Because he, he just, oh, yeah. just made his first Pro Bowl, won a Super Bowl the year prior. His stock's never going to be higher yeah. than it is right now. This is his last contract. He's yeah. got to cash in, right? Yeah, and I mean, you can't be mad at either of these guys at all, but to expect the Bucks to go just because Marpet, you know, went in and, and retired and, yeah, it opens up a huge hole to go out and make drastic moves to make sure they can retain these guys and overpay mm-hmm. either of them. I mean, if it's on the cards and, you know, I, Kappa, from what I know and what I've seen, generally likes Tampa Bay, likes being here. And yep. maybe he gives you one of those Tampa Bay Home, hometown discounts. discounts. You know, yeah, I, I, mean, I, don't, I mean, I know his agent's probably not going to push for that, but maybe mm-hmm. he feels like, hey, you know, I want to continue here. I got my guy, Tristan, on the left, on the right of me. I still got Donnie here. And maybe he wants to stay and maybe he'll take about a million dollars, million right. and a half less than what he can get out there. But if he doesn't and if he's trying to cash in and you can't blame him, then, you know, the Bucks have to seriously look at that situation and say, OK, can we replace this guy with a, a cheaper option uh, and still achieve what we want to achieve? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you got to look into that factor, too, even if it's a guy who might be older than him. I mean, Cap is only right. seven. If you can get a guy that's 30, I mean, guards usually play well until 35, you know, 36, unless you're, you know, an animal and can you know play longer. But if you can get yeah. solid guard play at a much cheaper let rate, then you know, sure. it's one of those positions that are kind of looked at as you don't overpay for him. You don't spend yeah. the big bucks for him. And when you do, I mean, even Joe Tooney, who reset the market last year, he wasn't you know, by any means, amazing and didn't even right. make an all-pro team last year as the highest uh, paid um, guard in the league. Yeah. So is is Marpet a Ring of Honor member? That's something to debate on. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little curious about that because really there is no criteria that the Glaciers set forth, right? It's their decision. Like the, it's a unilateral decision. It's, it's them. Um, there's no, there's, like I said, there's no criteria to me to me, a player that's ring of honor worthy should uh, impact the team winning because it's a team sport at the end of the day, right? Uh, you should have, you should be, I think, uh, leaving your mark on the franchise, like in, in the record books. And, and that's really tough to do for offensive linemen, right? Because there's no stats outside of games started, like Iron Man type of awards. Outside you know, of Pro Bowl, sacks allowed, and you know who looked yeah, at yeah, yeah. me and you, and like right. fans like that. You know, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is is you know, the Pro Football Focus uh, tracks you know some of that stuff. I, I think that the problem is though is is sometimes we get a little, um, we 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 pick and choose when we like Pro Football Focus, right? I, yeah. I think that's all of us on the that, report staff. We've been guilty of that. It's like look at this PFF grade, look at this, and then. It's like we watch a Bucks game, and it comes, and they come out with crap grades for a particular player, or whatever. You're like, what, what are you thinking? This, you know, they've been watching the game that we watch. Like, why are they knocking him for this or that? So, I, I don't know because it, while PFF is probably the better way to measure performance, it's very subjective still, right? Um, it's almost like like officiating crews, right? One officiating crew is going to call holding and pass interference more then another crew might let him play. So I don't know. Pro Bowls is not a great representation of 
of that either because the game itself is a joke and the honor has kind of been morphed into a bit of a joke. But it's like, is Marpet worthy? I'm not going to say he's not worthy because obviously he was on back-to-back playoff teams, won a Super Bowl ring. Tony Mayberry is a three-time Pro Bowl center for the Buccaneers in 97, 98, and 99. He was on two Pro Bowl or two playoff teams in 97 and 99. Was the first offensive lineman to be recognized as a Pro Bowler in Buccaneer history. He's also, I think, probably the best interior offensive lineman in team history. I think Marpet's right there. I think Davin Joseph probably a little bit of a notch below. So I'm not opposed to putting Marpet in. Just put in Tony Mayberry first because um, in, in his day, he was an absolute beast, handling the likes of Keith Millard and John Randall, Santana Dots, and some of, of the better defensive tackles in, in the Bucks division. So I don't know. I, I, what do you think? Is Would you I, put Ellie Marpet? I, I, I put other players in before him. I'll say that. Yeah. Hardy Nickerson, Simeon Rice. There's there's players that deserve that way before Marpet, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, you brought up a good point. Like, what is – what is his legacy on this organization? And I think one of the things that might work into his favor is he's one of the founders of, of the Buccaneer social injustice program. And I think that has done some really great work. And I think, you know, they set him and the players who started it set that groundwork for future yeah. generations of Buccaneers players to, to, to go and bring forth. I think his personality, you know, obviously maybe not with a media answer mm-hmm. questions, but uh, you know, you've oh, seen he's a great guy. I loved, I loved Alec. Mark Cook loved Ali Marpet too. Those two had a great relationship together. And and uh, I believe Marpet was on the What's Cooking show with Mark Cook, I think twice. And uh, that was that was fun and some good stuff. So I don't know. I, I don't want the Glaziers to turn the Bucks Ring of Honor into the Bucks Ring of Good, right? It should be great. It should be excellent. Like I think the Pro Bowl's kind of gotten like, you know, it's great players and also yeah. very good players. Like, no, let's just keep oh. it great, keep it excellent. I think I think part of it too is because of Brady there started to be more recognition yeah it was Ali Marpet's first time making the Pro Bowl but he also made second team all pro this year and last year I know there's no such thing as second team all pro whatever but I mean you look at that he made both of those so he started getting more recognition and I think and John's been you know one of the biggest you know supporters and shouters of this is that if he continued he's one of the most underrated guards in the league and he should have made more Pro Bowls I mean I'll I'll give him that for sure he played at, at that high of a level I think that if he had those Pro Bowls, we might be talking a little bit more about this yeah. as a real possibility. But as of right now, you know, love the player, love the guy. But I just don't think he's done enough. If he continued to play, maybe. But yeah, I don't. yeah. If, if he's ten years with the Buccaneers, another playoff, you know, another Pro Bowl or two, I, I think that certainly puts him more in the category for Bucks Ring of Honor right now. I, like I said, I'm not crossing him off the list. I'm just saying there's. There's some people ahead of them on the list, yeah, and there will continue to be. Like Mike Evans should go in before Ali Marpet. I think Ali Marpet might be a guy that you know. Once you put some guys in, and you're kind of running out of some guys, you want to put another guy in. Again, yeah, yeah keep it, keep it the ring of, of honor, of honor, of excellence, rather than the very good. So I think Ali Marpet was a very good Buccaneer player, um, very yeah. good slash great. But I mean, he's not in the class of some of the Hall of Famers that that this team has put in the ring of honor, you know, oh. so far. Speaking of, you know, of great, um, I'm just going to say it right now. Um, I had my Celsius today. Yeah, me too. And it was great, right? Because I needed it on a Monday, and I, I went for the orange today. Uh, wife Ashley had the sparkling mango passion fruit. This is one of her favorite flavors. She also likes the watermelon, too. Yes. And the great thing about it, JC, is 
is I do these subscribe and saves on Amazon, right? And I, and I, I go there. It literally takes about 30 seconds. If you have an Amazon account, type in Celsius. Um, you'll see all the different flavors. They even have a variety packet. So if you're not sure which one you want to try, get the variety pack. It's Celsius. And sure. with all the different flavors, right? It'll send you an assortment. I kind of rediscovered cola a couple weeks ago and pounded like three of those within a, a two-week span and really enjoyed the mix-up. The fruit flavors are fantastic. I've got some Fuji apple pear on the way. Um, it's a tremendous drink. And what makes it tremendous, JC, is gives you all of the energy you need without the crash. And how do they do that? Because of no sugar and no preservatives, right? And so whether it is the orange or whether it is the new flavor, which is the sparkling mango passion fruit, John Ledger's personal favorite, make sure that you get some Celsius today. Click on those banners, Celsius banners on PeterReport.com. You can also get a Celsius, click on the store locator. And if you haven't heard by now, Celsius well, they've also got an energy, I'm mm. sorry, a protein bar, a protein bar um, on the energy kick here because I've had my Celsius and that's kicked in. But when you're talking about protein, I'm getting back in the gym. I had one of these today. I had the, the white chocolate cookies and cream. Folks, it's as delicious as it looks. Okay. They taste like candy bars. I have personally had some awful tasting protein bars. They taste like sawdust. Not these guys. These are fantastic. They've got the salted caramel uh, peanut crunch and the white chocolate cookies and cream. Right now, they're 20% off on Amazon. So while you're ordering your Celsius on Amazon, grab some fast protein bars. These protein bars are great snacks, great to grab and go, awesome for kids. Stuff them in their backpacks, send them off to school. You can save 20% on Amazon by using the promo code 20HOLDFAST, and that's good through the end of March. So take advantage of that while you can. All right, JC. So uh, let's let's talk about how how Ali Marpet's retirement kind of changes the Buccaneers and what their approach is this offseason. Now, um, you know, I, I had a question in in the Peter Report group chat this morning. It's like, well, you know, do you think that this really changes like a guard retiring? Does that really change what the Buccaneers might be doing this entire offseason from their approach? The more I thought about it, the more I, I said yes. And I'll see if you agree with me here on this. First of all, it's another hole to fill, right? I mean, we, we talked about uh, possibly Indomitian Sue retiring. It looks and kind of sounds like that's going to happen. Same thing with Rob Gronkowski, or at least he's moving on. Maybe he wants to go play with Joey um, Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You know, who knows? But I don't think he's coming back to Tampa, right? So there's two more retirements that could be coming down uh, the pike. And then you've got, of course, Tom Brady. Then you might be losing Ryan Jensen. You might be losing Alex Kappa. I mean, that's a gut punch because that's your interior, right? That's your center, two guards, a quarterback, possibly your running back right behind the quarterback. If Leonard Fournette leaves, you can't overpay your running backs, right? So I, I think that, that, first of all, you're losing a Pro Bowl player. It's another hole to fill. That's the second thing. It affects your draft plans because you very well might have to spend a draft pick on an interior offensive lineman when maybe that wasn't the case if you were to fill a, a, a spot in free agency and then maybe have one of, you know, either Aaron Stinney or um, Nick Leverett or, uh, you know, here's here's Stinney, right? He filled in for, for Kappa during the Super Bowl run in, in 2020 and played in the Super Bowl game itself. 
You've got Leverett who filled in during that Colts game and I thought played much better as a guard than he did as a tackle in the preseason, right? You've got Robert Hainsey. He's maybe not ready to start at center. Maybe he is. Maybe you can move in and challenge for the guard position, right? Uh, so the Buccaneers have some options. John Mulchen's another guy that's still on this roster developing. Sidarius Hutcherson. So they have enough guys, I think, to kind of make it a battle royale for one spot and maybe get a, a free agent center in there to compete with Hainsey. But now you're talking about another spot. And so I don't think that you can fill all these holes with free agency. You might have to turn to the draft, right? So I, I think, and, and plus there's the salary cap ramifications as well. There's a little bit of a cap hit. There'll be some savings that come with that, but there'll be some, some dead cap money for next year. So I, I and, and not just that, I, I think that this is kind of the signal to the fans, to the team, and to the media that cover this team that we're not in a reload situation. This is maybe not a rebuild from the bottom up, blow it up and, and rebuild it, but this is a reboot, is it not? Yeah, for, I mean, for sure. I mean, especially after you mentioned Brad's you know tweet the other day about quarterbacks not moving. Now it looks like, okay, you got Gabbert, you got Trask. Maybe you have a Teddy Bridgewater in this situation. I don't think a reunion with Jameis is happening. I think you're looking at bringing Blaine Gabbert back, who's a teacher who knows the system, knows the offense. We all know about the eight coordinators, eight offensive coaches, head coaches, uh, and in the eight seasons, uh, he knows this system. And, and by anything less, he can really still impart that knowledge to a guy like Kyle Trask in that room. And if Kyle is ready at some point in the season, maybe you see what you have in him. But I think you're right. I think this is more about, okay, you know, we can still make the playoffs. We can still win the division. That will be our goal. But as far as winning a Super Bowl and making some noise, unless we get hot and go on a run, it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, you look at the the interior offensive line, those three spots, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You've got, at the very least, you've got some very good depth pieces. You know, Robert Hainsey, you draft him as a right tackle, spent the season learning center, you know, played a little, you know, and, and learning the guard position as well because he's been a right tackle. So you've got some flexibility in that player. Obviously, we know the flexibility they have in Nick Lorvette, who's an Earl Watford light, who, you know, plays tackle, played center, played guard, and has stepped in at various positions throughout the season. Uh, so you, you, ha you have both of those guys ready and available there under contract who can come in and compete for depth pieces. You also have a guy like Sedarius Hutchinson, who you drafted last season, looked like he could be a very quality depth guard in the league, uh, ends up going on, you know, getting hurt and going into reserve. And then you have John Mulchin, who's been with the team for two years. Yeah. And I don't know where they think of him or, you know, if he's just a practice squad player, but right. he's given a chance to compete. You know, they he's got that. Yeah. If, place if you throw in Stinney for a one-year prove-it deal, right? Well, that's and... the thing about Stinney. I think last year they paid him 1.25. Mm -hmm. I think this year, because of the, you know, he's done it before, right? He's gone right. through. Three games, one was your starting guard in the Super Bowl. I think that number is going to jump up, and I don't think they'll be able to bring him back for any less than two million a year. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, I, you know, he's he knows the system. He's a proven performer. He's not, you know, he's not Kappa in terms of no. of being that. He's certainly not Marpet, right? But but he's better. He's got more experience than than Leverett. He's got, um, you know, Sidarius Hutcherson looked great in training camp as a run blocker. His pass protection needs some work, but the problem is he missed essentially a whole development year because he, yeah. he injured his knee. So, you know, he was not around the team at all from an on-field standpoint outside of doing rehab. So he missed a lot of developmental stuff. So he's almost going to be a rookie starting over again. Mulchin just keeps kind of hanging around. He's a practice squad guy. It's kind of like now or never for him. I, I exactly. just, he's been here for, what, three years or so. This will be so, his first season, yeah. 
Yeah. So I did with Lavrette. Lavrette, Lavrette outplayed him and grew that to that into that roster spot last season. So yeah. I mean, I know they still are high on him and you know his ability, but I mean, yeah. How high is that? Is that a practice squad guy yeah. for life, or is that a potential backup? You know, bottom of the roster, your right. last card in the roster. So, yep. Uh, and listen, Blaine Gabbert might be Josh McCown 2.0. He certainly might. I hope he wins more than the two games because I think that's what Josh won. Maybe he won one out of that two and fourteen season. It was horrible. Olivia Smith's first year in to, in uh, 2014. Um, that may be the case, but listen, the thing is, is is there are no saviors out there right now they're just not on the roster no not not available for trade either I, I don't see any of these quarterbacks i mean unless indianapolis wants to cut carson wentz if they don't find any takers i i, I don't know but that, i mean that's a stretch to call him a savior <laughs> no but i'm just saying okay he's at least a guy that's that's yeah. won more games than blaine gabbert has right as, as a quarterback i'm not opposed to, to bringing somebody else in to, to compete yeah. with blaine don't don't give him the reins by any means but at the same time you can only do what you can do. You can only control what you can control. If you can't legitimately get another quarterback, this is an awful quarterback class, then then maybe it's time to just go with Gabbert, move Trask up to number two. I'm a big believer that if you like Kyle Trask, if you think he's the future, maybe not the now, but the future, he's got to be at the number two quarterback spot. you got to put him up there and get him the reps so he can develop. He was the quarterback number, fourth quarterback on the depth chart last year. And I mean, he did some physical developmental stuff behind the scenes, but he did not get the reps and the work that you would like to think if you're starting to put him in into there. The problem is with Jimmy G is Jimmy G is going to want to get paid over $20 million. He's a mediocre quarterback. Yeah. Is he better than Blaine Gabbert? Yes, but I'd rather have Blaine at four or five million than Jimmy G at 20 or 25, whatever he's making. 25 this year. I think you have to trade. The problem is a lot of Bucks fans, I think, are having a hard time. Not all of you guys, because a lot of you guys are very smart, smarter than yeah. me, some of you. But I think a lot of the uh, – one of the biggest problems some of these Bucks fans are, are having a hard time grasping is, well, why can't we just do what we did in 2020? Well, the biggest reason is because Tom Brady was a – didn't trade for him. He was a free agent, first yeah. of all. You didn't have to trade <laughs> for him. Exactly. You didn't have to give anything up. And now that's why this is such a big different story and why we're asking this question in this pod. Yeah. How does it change this Bucks offseason? Because now you have almost you have three giant holes in your in, in the interior of your offensive right. line. You've got some really solid bookends, and I think those are two of the most important positions on the line. Right. You've got you know an all pro and in my mind should have been a pro bowler this year, Donovan Smith. Yeah. Um but, you know, those options, those trading, let's trade a first round, let's trade multiple first, let's trade a first, second. Can't those kind of go out the window. You, you, you just don't Can't have the do draft it. capital when yeah. you have to fill all these holes. Right. So you're you're trading them. away other potential starters or at least yes. players for a quarterback. And if you're going to do that, he better be phenomenal. Right. <laughs> he better be able to run his ass off, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So listen, folks, just, just so we're clear, okay, and – um you know, we, we have a little disclaimer we like to run when we're talking about Blaine Gabbert because we don't necessarily endorse the idea of Blaine Gabbert being the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Undefeated, though. We're not forcing that down your throats, folks. Okay. We're only reporting on the potential likelihood of Gabbert being the best option, not the best quarterback, but the best option, big difference, at quarterback for the Bucs in 2022, given his four years of experience in. Bruce Arians offense. Okay. We do not represent Blaine Gabbert, nor are we employed by Blaine Gabbert. Right. And no, Blaine did not slip me a 20 
to say nice things about him. Well, to my okay. 50. <laughs> I, no, no money. Okay. So I'm just saying that's, that's our disclaimer, right? We have to kind of put that out there from time to time, just so everyone's on the same page. Um, and, and speaking of, of the same page, if you found us here on our YouTube channel, or if you're watching us on social media, on uh, Facebook or, or Twitter, make sure that you are going to our Peter Report TV channel on YouTube and hitting the like button for this video and the other videos we do. If you miss a podcast, the great thing is all of our podcasts are up there. You can watch them at your leisure and make sure you, you go to Peter Report uh, TV on YouTube and subscribe to that and hit the like button. It helps our algorithm, helps more Buccaneer fans find us. And again, tomorrow, just so you know, we're going to have live coverage from the Combine. John Ledyard and Matt Matera are going to be there live Sir. tomorrow uh, at Indy at the Convention Center. And that's where Bruce Arians and Jason Light will be speaking to the media. So they're going to be speaking. You'll probably see a couple minutes of those interviews on uh, either Buccaneers.com or uh, live on um, uh, on NFL Network, and then but, we'll write about them on Peter Report. So come to that's right. Come yeah. to our site and read the stories we write about them. So no doubt. But the thing is, is those two gentlemen will also be giving additional, more targeted to Tampa Bay interviews with local media. Right. So John and Matt will be up there. They're going to have all of the analysis of Jason Light and Bruce Arians tomorrow on the Peter Report podcast at 4 o'clock Eastern time. So make sure that you are around for that. Um, so it's it's weird that a guard can change what a franchise is going to do with his departure. But this is just kind of the latest of the snowball rolling downhill for the Buccaneers, right? It's not just Ali Marpet, but the fact that it's Marpet now after Tom Brady – probably Jensen, probably Gronkowski, probably Sue, right? That's that's kind of why we're we're thinking that that this is going to force the 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 reboot in Tampa. Right, Jay-Z? Right. right. Oh, exactly, you know, and you know there's there are some options in free agency if they want to go that way if they can't bring Kappa back, they can't bring yeah. Jensen back, they can't bring, you know, obviously Marpet's Who are some of those options? JC, let's, okay. let's start talking about that. John Ledyard had, had a couple of names up there on PeterReport.com earlier today. What did you think about those names, and who else do you like? Well, I did like Andrew Norwell from Jacksonville uh, is a guy that I kind of looked at early on. Yeah. Uh, when, and Kappa was projected to be gone, you know, just looking through out the guard. Because let me get, tell you guys, the, the cupboard is bare at Andrew at, uh, at uh, guard, and Andrew Norwell is, you know, one of the best out there who's not going to kill you you know, salary cap wise, Brandon Sheriff, we all already know from the commandos, commanders, whatever they call them. Commodores. He's Commodores, yeah. Easy like Sunday morning. Easy like Sunday morning. He's gonna cost you, you know, PFF's got him at 16.6 million a year yeah. over three years. So he's gonna, I mean, he just got franchise tagged twice. He's gonna reset the market at guard. Yeah. Uh you, you got guys like Link Lakin Tomlinson from from the Niners, who has been a really good uh guard and you know can play in any scheme. And you know, yeah. last year he posted a 73.6 grade. 13th best guard in the league at 82 per PFF. He's averaging a three years at uh, 27 million. So you're mm -hmm. 9 million a year average. And then, you know, you got Kappa too, who's, who's, you know, he's projected to go four years, 9.25 a year, at 37 yeah. million. So, I mean, you look at those guys and Andrew Norwell, you know, he's 30 years old. He's three years older than Kappa. He's projected right now for three years, 7.25. So 2 million less a year than Alex Kappa, 21 
uh, million, 21.75 million overall. Now his grade last year wasn't the best. He was the 42nd guard. So, you know, dead smack in the middle out of all the guard play in the league, right. with 6.7 grade, but he's not terrible. He, you know, he's, he, he's a solid starting guard in this league. He's better as a pass protector than he is in the run game, which is fine because, you know, this team is a pass heavy team. Right. His wins above replacement, though, he was a 26th ranked guard. So, I mean, that's pretty good. And, you know, the, the price right there, $7.25 million is an easier pill to swallow mm-hmm. than Alex Kappa's 9.25. So if Kappa does go and gets, you know, gets the money, mm-hmm. I think I think this would be a good guy to look at to plug in and, and possibly replace Kappa or, or actually Marpet because he's a left guard in that lineup. Yeah, and it's tricky, right, because free agency – I, I'm. I was talking with John earlier today, and maybe you agree. Uh, you know, is Kappa average? Well, the thing is, is he's the devil you know, as opposed to the devil you don't know, right? And he's homegrown. You like his toughness. He's a warrior. He knows the system. There's not going to be any transition. Your right side of the line with with uh, Werfs and Kappa is still set. It's one less guy you have to worry about, right? So, in in my in my opinion. I don't think you break the bank for Kappa, but boy, if if your line in the sand is say eight million dollars and he's going to end up getting nine or nine and a half, <laughs> maybe you just say screw it and just yeah. give him the extra money because that's he's a solid player, right? He's not he's not going to hurt you. You're not going to be disappointed by him. Is it more than you want to pay? Yeah, but but there's a pretty good chance though that if you're going to be re- if you're going to be starting say, you know, Hainsey either this year or next year at center, right? You got him on, on your rookie contract, right? So he's he's what Kappa was, right? A guy on his rookie deal while you're paying Marpet $12 million a year and uh, Donovan Smith over, what, $13, 14000000 million, whatever he's making. You have Tristan Werfs in his rookie deal. So I, I think at some point you have to have two guys on this offensive line on the rookie deals, right? And if that's Tristan Wirfs and Hainsey, then then that's okay, right? If you have to pay your other guards and you've got Donovan Smith as your higher ten plus million dollar free agents, then then you do, you know. So, but listen, all of this money is just it's making me think about one thing, right? And and that's uh, where I'm going to do my investing, right? Is I've, I've got you know some some big needs coming up, right? Uh, kids going to college, retirement, et cetera, et cetera. And JC, the place that I've turned to for my investments, the good folks over at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. JC, we got to get to Colorado, man, right? We, we do. We, you know, Jensen, you may go to Colorado. Who knows? I mean, yeah, he wants to. He's from Colorado. He'd love to play for the Broncos. Not sure if he's going there, but... Uh, but listen, folks, managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. Do what I did. Call for a free obligation or no obligation, uh, 
risk-free consultation with Immuni Financial because they're going to talk to you more than just legacy planning and brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, insurance services. It's the one-stop financial shop for your planning needs. With 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead so you can stay ahead. Call Immuni Financial. Do what I did. Give them a call. 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Or visit them on the web at Immuni.com. Speaking of planning ahead, Scott, I think you kind of really made a strong point there about Robert Haynes. you right. He's on his rookie deal. He's got a four-year contract as a third-round pick. This is going into his second year. If you're not starting him this year, you have to kind of look, do we start him next year? Do we start him the year after? And that will really go into the fact of what you do at that guard or center position, depending mm-hmm. on what position you want him to play at. Right. Now, there's a few guys out there at the center position that you could look at in free agency as well. Um I, I don't know if you have anything loaded up, but I'm just going to go well, off. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to name the one guy that I'm going to give fans a little sneak peek. Um, I'm working on my my battle plan that'll be coming out next week on PeterReport.com. Bradley Bozeman from Baltimore is the guy that I'm looking at. You can probably get him for two or three years, maybe seven million dollars a year. That's about maybe half of what, or, or a little bit more than half of what. Ryan Jensen's going to get in free agency, but you go back to Baltimore where you got Jensen, you know, he's, he's that, that the gap heavy scheme type player that, that started to really come on this year. There's some interesting parallels between Bozeman and, um, and Ryan Jensen, especially from a, a size standpoint, six, five, three, 17, they're kind of built alike uh, late round picks. Uh, Bozeman played at, at Alabama it was a six round pick in the 2018 draft by Baltimore. So I think you get him as as the as the veteran who's kind of been there and done that. And if Hainsey beats him out, then he does, right? And because it doesn't matter from a salary camp standpoint, it really doesn't. If Hainsey's the better guy, uh, then did you waste that money on Bozeman? Well, maybe you did. But the thing is, is is if Hainsey was the backup and Bozeman was the starter, it's the same amount of salary cap stuff. You have a guy in a rookie deal. You got a guy you just bought and paid for in free agency. Right. And right. if if he elevates the play of Hainsey and he's your your third round pick from last year, who's just a, a wonderkind at the at the center position and beats out the the veteran that you brought in, so he so he does, right? Exactly. You know, and, and like you said, I you mentioned the parallels and you know, he had the best season of his career last year. You know, mm-hmm. he was eleventh best center per PFF in the league uh, as this, as a season long grade. So, I mean, you look at that and that's one way too, right. It, you know, can you get him for a one year deal? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a long-term deal. So you're probably, as you said, going to invest 7 million around three, three years. That's what PFF has them mm-hmm. as. If you look, so you've got kind of two options here, right? You've got the, okay, let's get a one year do deal done for a veteran center just in case. And you look nowhere else, but in the division, you know, he's 32 years old and you know, he hasn't been the best, but maybe you look take a, a flyer parodies. on par- parodies. You know, uh, you give uh, him one year okay. cheap money. That's not what I would like to do, to be honest yep. with you. But I mean, if you're looking at somebody, you know, that's just a veteran presence. Who, if if Hainsey really struggles, you throw him in there, and is he going to yeah. be as bad as Hainsey? Maybe if he's going to be better. But there's other two options here too that okay. are that are tied with those long term deals, and one of them has been one of the best centers in the league the past couple of years. He's 32 years old now. Plays with the Tennessee Titans. His name is Ben Jones, and he's going to cost like you. Him. 
going to cost you somewhere around six and a half million dollars. So three years, six and a half million dollar contract. You're locking them in to be your center for at least the very next two years, which, you know, maybe you get Hainsey as your center for the the last year and and you Mm -hmm. move on. And Jones structures contract that way. Another or, guy, or, or or maybe maybe you throw Hansey into the mix of guard, right? I mean, yeah. maybe he's your backup center, but you say, okay, we we went out and bought our, our starting center, and as long as that veteran who we ever we bring in, whether it's Jones, whether it's Bozeman, whoever, if if he's the guy, then Hansey's the backup, or to get him on the field, we'll try him at guard and throw him in the mix there. Yeah, and I mean, maybe you can get this guy. Maybe you can get Jones for two years. You know, maybe you get him on a two-year deal, right. and that gives you Hainsy your starting center in year four. But he's in well, the guard. And, and really you're right, but, but just just to stay on your point, though, right? I see what you're saying. Is like, is like, okay, uh, you're looking for something maybe short-term, just in case Hainsy, and hopefully if Hainsy develops. But keep in mind the way Mike Greenberg structures those contracts, you can get a five-year contract, yeah. but the guaranteed money is going to run out after year two. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So exactly. Yeah, it, it gives the team an opt out essentially, right? With no dead cap space. Right. Usually after a year or two. So whether it's a two year deal, three year deal, four or five year deal, probably only those first two years are going to be guaranteed anyways. Right. And then another guy who's got some, you know, and, and Ben Jones got that versatility to play guard. So another guy mm-hmm. who's got some versatility and has played guard and center is Ted Karras. Uh, played last year for mm-hmm. the Patriots. Probably going to cost you around $13 million over three years, $4.5 million. So, I mean, that's another guy you could get in there. Now, if yeah. you want to get really crazy and say, okay, you know, we got Hainsey. He's going to be our backup center. We've got Lavrette. We've got Moulton, Hutchinson. You know, we feel pretty confident about our guard. Maybe we'll draft a guard uh, on day two or, or mm-hmm. day three. You can go out there and actually spend the same amount of money you're going to spend on, on a guy like Jensen, a guy like Kappa, and you know, including the savings from Marpet, which is going to be about five million. Five million is going to hit as a prorated bonus once they play some of their retirement list. Yep. Ten million this year, but you're only going to save about five million. You can go out there and you can get a guy like Jones or Karras. Uh, you can get Norwell, and you can re-sign Stinney. And for Jones, Norwell, and Stinney, you're only going to pay fifteen point nine two million a year. Now that is if you're just going strictly on what they're making. You can restructure those salaries so they're much lower. Void years, spread it out. But if you're going yep. on an annual average, it's going to cost you about sixteen million for those three players. And now you have three solid players to fill that interior line. If you think Stinney right. can be a seventeen game player, if you're going to go with a guy like Ted Karras. You're going to be at thirteen and a half million. If you go with a guy like Paradis, who I know you're not high on, right. uh, you're going to go at twelve point seven. So there's a way to remake that entire line. Well, not in, completely because you're bringing Stinney back. Yeah. But there's a way to re, to to dra- grab your center, grab your guard out there, and spend less money than you're going to pay. Right. Uh, you know, for a kappa. So they've got to get creative with it. We know Mike Greenberg, Jason Light, and Jack Dylan Davidson are definitely going to do that. Yes. And then maybe you look They're at the to. option too. I mean, there's there's options in the draft, and you know, no one laid it out better than our guy John Levy with his first That's draft right. with with Zion. So yeah, I mean, maybe you look there. I don't know, Scott. What do you think? Well, what have you done? What have you looked at on these on these draft prospects for guards? And well, it's funny, right? Because John and I we kind of consult about the mock drafts and all that, and and uh, you know when when he's when he was doing this, now keep in mind, John does the the NFL first round mock, right? And that, that sometimes it, it overlaps, and whoever we end up picking in our Bucks seven round mock draft at, at the number one spot lands there too. Sometimes he wants to put somebody different. That's fine. Um, as I said last week on on the Peter Report podcast, these first couple mock drafts until free agency is over are literally crapshoots because we, <laughs> this team has so many holes to fill. We got to see where those holes are filled first in free agency. Then 
really are the last two mock drafts in April, I think, are going to be a little bit more too. accurate. Yeah, exactly. The no idea how these guys are going to test there or yeah. anything like that. Right. I, I think uh, Christian Watson, the North Dakota State prospect that that uh, that our yeah. staff loves, Casey loves especially we have a better staff, um, is very high on. This is a, a day three wide receiver. It's now day two. And I mean, he could end up being a first round pick, like yeah. late first round, if he runs really, really well on tests out of the gym at the combine. So, you know, you don't know. But anyways, as you mentioned, Zion Johnson at Boston College played some left tackle. He's a natural guard. Um, he's a, I think he's he's a powerful technician. I, he doesn't have the nasty that I think Jason like loves, like you know, like a Kappa's got, for example. He's more like a Tristan Wirfs. He's he's you know, I think Marpet probably even a little bit nasty. <laughs> What's that? A howdy, howdy, uh, you know, yeah, long type guy, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, at the same time, Tristan Wirfs is a dominant player who doesn't really. Well, he's not the nastiest offensive lineman, right? I think even times Donovan Smith is nastier than, than Tristan Wirfs, but Tristan just has the ability. It doesn't matter. Uh, he'll just beat you from a physical and technique standpoint. But if you're looking for nasty, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. This is another first-round guard that um, that could be an option. I, I, I'm i not sure that Kenyon Green is going to be around by 27, nor – Am I even that confident that a guy like Zion Johnson will be around by 27? Just because those are the two top interior guys. I know Tyler Lindebaum is well thought of. He's a, considered to be a first rounder out of Iowa. He's a, he's a pure right. center. He's advised. So I'm just not sure. But maybe one of these guys is there by 27. I don't think it was a stretch for John to put him in there. At first, I was thinking, guard, what are you talking about? Like, that's that's a little unsexy for the first round and then he kind of told me well if you know if they don't bring kappa back and 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 they're losing jensen they got to restock the offensive line i thought okay jason light loves those offensive linemen i could see it happen um but boy was that prophetic because ellie marpet retires later in the week on sunday so uh, that very well could be i'll I'll tell you what as far as centers go um if if tyler lindenbaum somehow which he he shouldn't and definitely won't be there. I don't think at 27, if he doesn't slip to 27, it's, it's not the best class after him. No, it's not. I mean, uh, Donovan well, West is all right from Arizona state, but yeah. you know, a third round pick, you know, well, the, the interesting thing is, round pick. And hey, is, you know, Zion Johnson we, we did some cross training at the senior bowl at the center position. Right. And so did Cole strange from Ooh. university of Tennessee, Chattanooga, Ooh. a guy that you like, JC. So that just increases the versatility. He's probably going to be a guard in the NFL, but Cole Strange is a player that's a mid-round pick that that has some versatility, played some center at the senior bowl. Let me tell you something about Cole Strange. I love this, I love this guy already. You know, first of all, Chattanooga. Where the heck is Chattanooga? Sounds really small to me. Well, it is. Yeah. It's a small, it's a small the moccasins, aren't they? Uh, they are the mocks, yeah. Do I get uh, credit for that? Do I get like a bonus point or two for knowing that? You could definitely get a bonus point okay. there. But let me tell you something about this guy. First of all, he's a small school guy. Screams Jason Light already. But he just plays with the same tenacity and that same like after the whistle. Nasty. You want to talk about a nasty guy? The guy mm-hmm. reminds me of Jensen all the way. He's got great athleticism. At the Senior Bowl, he did the same thing Hainsey did. Played mostly guard his entire career. 44 games started at, at guard. Actually played two at left tackle and one at center. So mm-hmm. he's got plenty of experience at the guard position. Um, and he's got showed some versatility. 
the same way Hainsey did by not really playing center. You know, Hainsey didn't play it at all, but he's been, right. you know, practicing at center this offseason. He's got he's a mauler in the run game, just an absolute mauler. And he's he's really good in the passing game, too. He's got a strong first punch. He's got great balance, good leverage, plays with great awareness. Problem is he struggles. He's 24 years old. So that's like one thing that kind of uh, it's an older offensive lineman. He struggles with twitchy rushers, but this guy's got all the tools to 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 become uh, a starting offensive lineman in this league. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin Mello over at the Draft Network, one of my good friends, he does a draft prospect interview with all the uh, hundreds of different guys. It's really amazing. If you're not following him, definitely follow him. He talked to him the other day, and this quote really I, – I read the interview, and I saw this quote, and I was like already looking at him for the Bucks, and it made me just be like, yes. He goes, I know for a fact that I'm going to add to the culture of toughness and physicality because I love to play hard. If that's already part of the culture there, I'm just going to add to it. Does that not sound like a buck to you or what, Scott? That's the kind of guy that they look for. They look for smart, athletic, big, nasty guys, right? I mean, that, and I, I know everybody wants that in offensive line, but that's that's what the Bucks hone in on: guys that will play in their their duo gap scheme. They're they're in between the tackles, run game, and then this is you know this is still uh, even though even though Tom Brady's not going to be the quarterback this year, they're still going to sling the ball around the yard. So you got to be able to pass protect, right? You got to have the wingspan, the ability to to play that. And the one thing interesting I'll say about Jason Light is he is known for drafting people that have played left tackle or at least offensive tackle in their college careers and moving them inside. So it's remember when he drafted Ali Marpet, Marpet played left tackle at Hobart College. He didn't play guard really until he got to the senior bowl. Same thing with Alex Kappa, left tackle at Humboldt State, played some guard at the senior bowl. That's ended up that's where he ended up uh, being in, in uh, Tampa Bay, of course. So having said that, one of the guys we have in our Peter Report seven round mock draft is a player that's really grown on me, and that's uh, Cordell Volson. Uh, he was the right tackle at North Dakota State. But he's also played across the line. He's got most of those reps at right tackle, 752 snaps this past season. But he did play 127 snaps at right guard. So he's he's moved inside somewhat. Back in 2020, he had 359 snaps at right tackle, 135 at right guard. He played, uh, looks like a game or two at left tackle. So he's got some versatility. And he's a three-year starter, 962 snaps. Pretty much all of the snaps in 2019 came at the right tackle position. But this guy is a guard. I mean, he played guard at the East-West Shrine Bowl and really impressed me in the game and from some of the practice slips that I saw. And if you look at his size, 6'7", 313, very similar from a build standpoint to Alex Kappa. So that's another name to keep an eye on. I think he's going to rise up a little bit too. I'm not sure he's going to blow the – the doors out of the combine, JC, but it might be a thing where if I was if I was placing a bet on where I think Cordell Volson goes, I think we had him kind of like late day three. I wouldn't be surprised if Cordell Volson maybe goes to round four, maybe round three, but I think pro probably round four, I think, is where he could go. Yeah, I mean – I'm placing a bet, though. <laughs> uh, what are the odds on that? I might take it too. Uh, but well, I mean, I, I tell you where we can go to find out, oh. right? We can go to my bookie to find out because they're the official betting partner of PeterReport.com. Yeah. Listen, what's tomorrow, JC? March first, right? 
What happens in March, aside from free agency that sports fans love? March oh, Madness. I'm getting a little mad right? over here. That's right. So the madness is about to begin. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with MyBookie. Predict winners in each round of the MyBookie Bracket Contest for a chance to win a Bitcoin, a Doodle uh, NFT, that's non-fungible token, currently valued at over $50,000 and over $100,000, if you like cash, in cash prizes. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, bidding on the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today with MyBookie using the promo code Pewter to make your first deposit. And also, you're going to earn a free entry into the My Bracket contest. Selections for the bracket will officially begin on March 13th and close on March 17th. So get prepared now. Go ahead and open your account on MyBookie. Use the promo code Pewter to double your first deposit and get that in. So you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, not just football, JC, but also March Madness. Perfect. I love me some bracketology. Junior. I usually wait till like the last minute, though. I'm the guy like looking up, okay, how do they yeah. do this? You know, but I still love filling out the bracket. Yeah. No, well, let's face it. We're a little busy right now with free agency because there's so many holes to fill in this bucket here. <laughs> I know. Between, yeah, free agency, combine, draft work. I mean, the, the, the engine never stops over here, you know. John was like, oh, we just need some news. And then, you know, John asking for he gets it, not the news yeah. we wanted. But, you know, yeah. you got our, our pet. And, you know, I think you made a really good point, too, the fact that Jason Light always looks for tackles. And there's one other guy before we wrap this up that mm -hmm. I think, you know, a, a mid-round guy uh, – currently projected as like a fifth, maybe fringe fourth. It's Darren Munford at Ohio State. He's a guy who mm -hmm. played all of 2020 uh, at left tackle, slid inside to left guard. So now he's got that position versatility. Same thing, just like Cole Strange and just like, um, you know, the guy we just mentioned. Cordell Volson. Cordell Volson, yeah. You know, same height, 6'6", right around there, 320 mm -hmm. pounds. So he's a little heavier than, than either of those guys. But, you know, he's got the the height, the frame, and the experience, you know, playing at left tackle and the versatility that the Bucks team love to see. He's a little bit more of a project than yeah. either of those two other guys. But, you know, if, if they feel comfortable going with Stinney and having Hainsey there and they bring in a guy like Norwell, you can have – can afford to have a guy sit for one year while he learns right. behind and, and that's that's kind of what they've done with, with some of their their mid to late round offensive linemen right like it took kevin pample who was one of jason light's first draft picks in 2014 you know a couple of years to kind of see the field same thing with alex kappa he was not a day one starter right he transitioned his body from playing left tackle at a small school putting on weight and size to be able to play guard and hold up inside which is a completely different position than being on a phone booth out there at left tackle and same thing with Robert Hainsey, right? I mean, we saw him for what, maybe 30 snaps last year. I mean, he barely played and I would have liked to have seen him play more. The Buccaneers just didn't get in that situation enough to where they were had enough leads to put oh, him in there. I, I would have done that more often though. I, I honestly would have like that Eagles game. I would have put him in there for, for the last couple of, of uh, yeah, last couple of snaps at least just, to, just to get the kids feet wet. Right. So speaking right. of news with some other news, aside from Ali Marpet's sudden retirement, Good news if you're a throwback jersey and uniform fan. The Buccaneers did announce that the throwbacks are coming back. It couldn't be done this year because of supply chain issues around the world. But in 2023, you will see Bucko Bruce make a triumphant return. 
Would that be enough to get Tom Brady out of retirement, JC? I don't think so. Brady wanted to play in those throwbacks. It just didn't happen. Maybe that's why he retired. He's like, what? No throwbacks? I'm out of here. I don't know. Maybe they'll re-image Buck or Bruce's face, the Brady's face on there, just as, you know, a tribute. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, like the, yeah, like make it the, the winking Brady with the, <laughs> yeah. the you dagger know, it's not- but who would have thought because of supply chain issues? I mean, I know we've got like the chip issue, right? You can't find new yeah. cars really anywhere. The right. PlayStation and the Xbox and some of these yeah. cell phones, like good luck. But now it's extending to jerseys. It's like the I mean, orange thread. It's the throwback. Color. That yeah. creamsicle color is very popular around the yeah. world. You know, I guess, There's not yeah. enough creamsicle thread to make yeah. all the jerseys, apparently. We need more creamsicle. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Um, so uh, speaking of, of overseas uh, and all of that, uh, the Buccaneers will be playing in Germany today. The Buccaneers announced that. That's no surprise. We reported that on PeterReport.com last week. However, uh, I think the opponent's going to be Kansas City. They haven't named that yet. But as one of the four teams that are in that Germany international market, yeah. um, that's that happens to be the team the Buccaneers play this year on the schedule. So I think that is going to be the matchup they're going to go with there. Uh, interesting, yeah. Interesting though, because there's currently a war a couple hundred miles away, to, you know, from from that. So uh, we'll cross our fingers and and hopefully we'll have a game over in Germany this year. Hopefully, uh, all of the conflicts around the world are uh, cleared up and and over, so we can enjoy some football. Yeah, some hopefully it's in October. Hopefully, it's in October. We can all that would be great. Whole PR staff will go over there for October. That, it would be the most legit. <laughs> Oktoberfest in Buccaneer history for sure, right? An that's, actual that's, game in Germany watching Buccaneer football with German beer. It doesn't get better than that. Not much. So, all right, JC, we did a great job, I think, and 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 uh, you know, summarizing what what the, the team can do to replace Ali Marpet. Uh, and and we do want you to subscribe to our Peter Report YouTube channel. We call it Peter Report TV. Make sure you hit the like button, folks. Tomorrow, live from Indianapolis. John Lydiard and Matt Matera will be there in Indy analyzing Jason Light's and Bruce Arians' press conferences in, 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 in Indianapolis. Easy for me to say. Yeah. So we appreciate you joining us here on the Peter Reports podcast. Uh, for J.C. Allen, I'm Scott Reynolds. And uh, those guys are going to have it all week uh, out there in Indy. Um, we'll be back next week to wrap up the combine and, and uh, f- figure out what these Buccaneers are going to do at the guard position, at the quarterback position, at the tight end position, running back, so many holes to fill. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.